Hi, welcome to Pity Party, a podcast to end BSL. I'm your host, Sydney, and I'm very excited to share with you our episode today that will hopefully lay a foundation for your knowledge surrounding breed-specific legislation. I live in Ontario, Canada. And like so many of our listeners, I had a basic understanding that Ontario had some sort of pit bull ban in place. And while I thought it sounded pretty unfair and discriminatory, my opinions were based on sensationalized headlines and urban myths. I didn't really know of any instances personally of it being enforced, and therefore I assumed it was just outdated legislation that would never really affect me. Sure. I signed a petition every once in a while when one happened to pop up on my newsfeed, but my advocacy and interest in the issue stopped there. That is, until I met Gordo. Gordo is my beautiful and hilarious mixed-breed rescue dog. He was my husband and my seventh foster dog, and within a few days of him peeing all over our condo, we were in love. Those of you with rescue dogs will know, you can never really be sure what you're getting. You often get little to no backstory about the dog's life before, and their breed mix is really anyone's guess. On paper, Gordo was listed as an American Bulldog mix, and while my husband could have cared less what kind of dog Gordo was, I was quickly made aware by the many passers-by on the street complimenting my adorable pit bull that regardless of what his genetic makeup actually was, my dog could be subject to BSL. The idea that just walking around town, existing with my short-haired 55-pound rescue mutt, who is just so sweet and pure in his joy to be living his best life every day, the idea that my dog, who is just a dog, is prohibited and could be subject to mandatory muzzle laws or taken away and adopted out of province for just having a stockier build and a blockier head, It's terrifying. We'll unpack that a lot more later, but at least now you know why I started this podcast. Unfortunately, my story is not that dissimilar from many other advocates and dog owners. Too many people find out about the realities of breed discriminatory legislation when it's too late and the process surrounding it varies so widely from case to case that it can be hard to understand your rights as a dog owner. The truth is, if you're just hearing about BSL now, first of all, welcome to the party, and you've picked the perfect time to join because we have Bill 147 on the table right now in Ontario, just waiting for our MPPs to care enough to pass it. We're seeing big cities like Denver, which had their ban for 31 years, and countries all over the world kicking this legislation to the curb. It can be done. Secondly, you had better get ready to go down the rabbit hole with me, because part of the reason we are seeing these repeals is because this topic has already been debated to death. In fact, I was in awe to see how much thought and research and consideration the advocates I spoke to put into their work. For more than a decade, there have been countless articles and books and documentaries about every single angle of the issue. But the more important thing is that there's been a lot of research. 
And ultimately, overwhelmingly, that research shows that breed bans do not work. These laws are supposed to make communities safer, but they do not decrease incidences of dog bites or attacks and only give the illusion of protection. What has been proven to work and make communities safer, and the focus of our next episode, are things like leash laws, breed-neutral dangerous dog laws, penalties for reckless ownership, and education. But we're already getting a bit ahead of ourselves here. So what is this legislation, really? In the province of Ontario, BSL is built into something called the Dog Owners Liability Act. Under the amendments to DOLA, Pitbull is defined as a Pitbull Terrier, a Staffordshire Bull Terrier, an American Staffordshire Terrier, an American Pitbull Terrier, or a dog that has an appearance and physical characteristics substantially similar to any of those dogs. That last part is where thousands and thousands of family dogs are put in jeopardy. But this, this bill is about appearance, and it can be any dog. There are 26 breeds of dogs that are commonly mistaken as pitbulls. Then you add all the mutts from them and various other breeds. And how many pitbulls do you have? Those words are from Fran Coughlin who advocates full-time for responsible dog ownership and is an avid activist against breed discriminatory legislation. Since the day this breed ban came into place, she has been a voice for these dogs and has championed efforts to see BSL be repealed in Ontario, like so many of the guests on this show. Fran went on to explain how with so many breeds that can fall under this pit bull umbrella, a mixed breed dog could have bully characteristics even three generations removed. When you leave such a vague, appearance-based clause in your legislation, it ultimately comes down to the completely speculative and subjective guess of whatever bylaw officer, cop, shelter employee, or animal control officer happens to be involved in the case. Fran and her organization, the Hershey Anti-BSL Group, are part of the larger Ontario Coalition Against BSL. You'll find a link to their websites in the show notes, and there you'll find tremendous resources on all things BSL, from peer-reviewed studies and educational materials to media links and success stories. You'll hear Fran's voice a lot, as well as those of Alex Packard and Emily Clare quite often in this podcast, as they are the founding members of the other groups in the coalition, Ottawa Citizens Against BSL and United Paws, along with Save Ontario's Pitbulls. So the Ontario Coalition Against BSL was created to bring advocates together from across the province who have a common goal. And the common goal is to stop the use of breed-specific legislation in any situation and help educate people and educate owners on how to become responsible and law-abiding citizens. So the core mission of our group is not only to repeal a law that's discriminatory against humans and their dogs. Um, our goal is to be able to provide educational materials to everybody from young children all the way up to adults, be able to educate and help owners who are struggling with their responsibilities, try to ex like, explain to people that no matter what, 
unless you have owner accountability in the law, there's there's never going to be a time where you can ensure and promise public safety by banning a breed. So these are the types of messages that the Ontario Coalition Against BSL uh, tries to get out into the public. And this is the type of information that we feel is necessary so that people understand that this type of a law exists. As like I said, before I was personally affected by this, I had absolutely no idea that BSL was even a thing. I had no idea that a pit bull was a dog that was a banned breed. I had no idea how many different breeds of dogs can be called this crazy word pit bull. Like, I had no idea that the only accurate use of that word was when you're shortening an American pit bull terrier. But, I mean, to to see what's happened to people and to hear their stories and learn about the negative effects on their families, this is why the coalition exists, is to try and help these people and help get their dogs sent back to their families and help ensure that these owners are set up for success by being provided with educational resources, making sure that uh, the members of provincial parliament all have the important statistics, the scientific research, the facts, all sorts of history, peer-reviewed scientific studies. These are the types of things that are very important that the coalition tries to make sure are publicly available. And until BSL is abolished in the province, I really don't think that any of the advocates I've ever met along my journey are going to give up. I've been asked by several friends and advocates to take a moment here to talk about the use of the words pit bull. And while the one true pit bull will always be Mr. Worldwide himself, pit bull is not a breed of dog recognized by any kennel club. And as Alex pointed out, the only breed of dog that can be accurately described as such is the American Pit Bull Terrier. And they don't deserve the stigma surrounding their breed either. Unfortunately, this label has become more and more of a catch-all phrase and has been used to describe pretty much any otherwise unidentified medium-sized short-haired dog. So you can see how it quickly becomes a problem when you claim that quote-unquote pit bulls have DNA that makes them dangerous to society when the basis for that claim is solely on the appearance of the dog and sensationalize inaccurate media labelings. Emily explains it better. A dog is a dog is a dog. And the problem is that the term pit bull has become a slang term for any dog that looks a certain way. And in Ontario, that's a sanctioned, you know, an issue under law (laughs) that the Pitbull umbrella has caused, unfortunately, you know, has has meant death to so many innocent dogs that we've already talked about. I love that meme that says how the media identifies a Pitbull. And there's photos of like a dozen different dogs and a cactus. And every single picture has the label Pitbull underneath. (laughs) I mean, who's authorized to label a dog anyway? An animal control officer? a cop, a trainer, an advocate? No. This label leads to dogs being killed under BSL, to dogs being abandoned at shelters and never adopted because people are afraid of the label and what it means. There's issues where people can't, you know, get their house insured because they have what's labeled as a pit bull type dog and most of those dogs are not pit bulls. This leads to dogs being shipped off to research labs and to a misinformed public swayed by misinformed media placing stereotypes on dogs like mine, and it's completely unfair and unjustified. 
Many owners of these often mislabeled mixed-breed muscular short-haired dogs prefer to use the more accurate term of bully mix or mutt when they're describing the breed of their dog, and a few people you'll meet even prefer the more vague but adorably true title of blockhead. But I think all of the dog owners on this podcast would undoubtedly agree that the most accurate label for their dog may simply be best friend. I have a story that I love to tell people about not labeling my dog. (laughs) Like I said earlier, we often got stopped by strangers who would ask about Bella. They wanted to meet her. We were even asked about whether we would like to breed her. She was fixed. Thank you very much. And most often we'd be asked, what kind of dog is she? Well, one day I was walking Bella in Sydney in the stroller when a woman slowed down beside us and rolled down her window and says, what a beautiful dog. What kind of dog is that? And I replied with a big grin on my face. And this became my standard. She's half well-trained and half loyally loving. And the woman paused and smiled back at me. And she says, I'm going to say that the next time someone asks me about my pit bull. And so if you stuck with me this far, first of all, thank you for caring. Through this podcast, we will explore deeply the lesser-known effects of BSL. I will show you the adorable and quirky side of targeted breed dogs and dispel myths you may have heard while assuaging any fears you may harbor. I want to make it clear that in no way is this podcast meant to imply that dangerous dogs do not exist, or that we shouldn't have laws and rules to protect people from dogs and their reckless owners. This podcast does imply, in fact, it insists, that breed discriminatory laws and judging an entire subpopulation of dogs, and I say that because it is not just one breed, but to judge animals based on their appearance and not their behavior needs to stop. Thanks for coming to the pity party. You can find show notes for this episode and lots of great links to our guests on our website, pityparty.blog. You can find us on Instagram or Twitter with the handle at pityparty_pod. And I want to give a big thank you to the guests featured in this episode, Fran Coglen, Alex Packard, and Emily Clare. All of the music in this episode is by Croander, and the show is written, edited, and produced by me, Sydney Shapansky. If you want to join the party and have a story or question surrounding BSL, send an email or voice note to listeners at pityparty.blog. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen so you don't miss our next episode. Is this the most fun thing we've ever done?